Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back, and thanks for bearing with me last week. I really felt compelled to share that information on the one baptism, and I hope that you found it helpful. And as we turn our attention to planning today, I hope that it makes you more confident in engaging in more gospel-sharing opportunities. To get back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, planning is our focus throughout the end of the year, and today we will give attention to that. I want you to use these last several weeks assessing the value of 2022, preparing and testing and considering what would make next year great, entering in with a sense of expectation that is not burdensome or overwhelming. And those are the things we will address today, and I feel like we've been needing to talk about this for a while now. There needs to be a sense of balance in the pursuit of excelling. If you listen to this program at all, you know that I am all in on the ING life. I want to use the rest of the time that God provides growing, learning, changing, building, and excelling in areas that please God and help the people that I love. But sometimes, even terrific things like that can be pursued in an imbalanced and unproductive way. So then, negative things start to happen while you're trying to become a better person. Maybe it just all feels very burdensome and totally unpleasant. You're trying to become something more, but you end up just stretched too thin. You wanted to become more productive for yourself and others, but all you've done is become crazy busy. So then you start wondering, should I even be pursuing greater heights? I can't even handle the life I have now. And when you add to that this ridiculous guilt that a lot of Christians carry, this idea that says, even if I do better, it won't be enough, There's always more I can do, some level that I won't achieve. And so either you will pursue it knowing that it likely will not be fulfilling, or you will quit knowing that you'll never be good enough. I say Christians because sometimes we live our spiritual lives like that. We sense that God is looking for some level of performance out of us. So we go all in bearing all of this anxiety and wait to become good enough for God when we know that we never really will. So we work harder to do better for something that we don't even think will help. Or again, we just quit because we know it will never be enough. Spiritually speaking, you're supposed to understand that it is by God's grace and mercy that you are saved, that he is not expecting you to reach some pinnacle level of performance in order to be adequate, but that he loves your effort. He loves that you're giving it your all with a smile on your face that you're seeking to do better in healthy ways, where the journey is just as much a reward as the outcome. And you're not doing so to become somebody worthy of heaven. You're doing so because you've already been gifted heaven by the grace of God. So you're growing, learning, changing, and building from a place of gratitude. And you're not going to get stressed out doing it. You don't bear the anxiety 
and you do not allow yourself to be so crazy busy that you miss out on all of the good blessings that God has supplied. I hope that you understand that, and maybe we need to talk more about it, because that is the same concept that needs to be applied to everything you're working on. If you're working on things with your finances or your job, you're working on things with your family or with other relationships, you're working on things with your health and your physical life here, when you can learn to set goals and work in that direction without becoming crazy busy, you will find joy in the journey, you will do better in that journey, and incur more wonderful outcomes. Crazy Busy, by the way, is the name of a book that I'm reading by a man named Kevin DeYoung. I will be sharing with you some of the insights from that book. He has expressed such a common perspective. He wants to use the rest of his years well. He wants to make a difference. He loves to stay active. He is the farthest thing in the world from lazy. But at some point, he rushed and rushed until life was no fun. To toss a little Alabama in today. He started to take pride in being busy, like it was some badge of honor. But all it did was left him unfulfilled, unproductive, and one of my biggest fears, unable to attend to the things that he already had and accomplished. You know you're too busy when the pursuit of something more leads to the neglect of something that is already in your possession. There simply is not enough of you to go around. You can pursue that dream, but it will cost you connection to your kids. You can achieve that great milestone that means so much to you, but you won't know a thing that's going on with your church family. And as I said earlier, maybe this has become an obstacle for some people in the Excel still more concept. This idea that more means crazy busy, which means my life starts to come apart. So I want to give you some excellent concepts from that book that mean a lot to me. But first, I want to share with you a few personal ideas about the word busy. I do not like that word, and I don't like it when people say, hey, Chris, you are so busy. You're like the busiest guy I know. And usually they're saying that in a humble way, like, I need a few minutes of your time, and I understand that you're super busy, and I would really appreciate it. But that word lays on me in a negative way. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I mean, the definition of busy is having a great deal to do. Jesus was busy. He had a lot to do. His last three years of ministry were filled morning to night with activities. Though it is amazing how he was able to make important decisions to space those things out. To have prayer and rest in the appropriate places. Jesus had this ability to say no to clearly important things like healing people in a village because, more importantly, he needed to go on to the next village. So I would say he was busy, but he did not overschedule. He did not stretch himself impossibly thin. He set aside appropriate spacing and time to manage his own needs, and he didn't say yes to everything to the point where he could be valuable in nothing. In my mind, busyness is the opposite of that. Internally, when someone says, Chris, you are the busiest guy I know, I want to say, no, I'm not. Or at least, I don't want to be. To me, that's saying I'm not managing my time well. I have said yes to something and put it on the priority list, and now I don't even have time to have this conversation, when in fact that thing belonged on the posteriority list. 
I hope to revisit that with you later. It's in DeYoung's book. You know, posterior, that's the thing at the bottom. Crazy busy often happens when we give everything the same amount of weight, and things that belong at the posterior get put at the top. I guess what I'm saying is, I don't want to be busy. I want to be productive. I want to be helpful and encouraging. I want to be wise. And I guess I could even say, in whatever endeavor I'm pursuing, I want to be successful. But the question is, how do I do that without neglecting things that matter most or allowing my crazy addictive personality to take over? How can I eliminate crazy busy and still get better? In a way that builds out a magnificent year, but where there is joy in the growing for myself and everybody who has to be around me. So to help with all of that, there are a couple of things I want to do with you today. Firstly, I want to share with you a list that DeYoung put in his book on page 47 under the title, Calming the Crazy Man Inside. And I really embraced that idea that if I can get better perspective on the inside, independent of whatever it is I choose to pursue, then I will pursue those things more wisely. These things humbled me and I've taken them to heart and I hope that you do as well. Number one, tell yourself this, I am not the Christ. He quoted John the Baptist's words who said, I freely confess that I am not the Christ. John was doing what he could do to the best of his abilities in a way that helped people and pleased God. He could not do what Jesus could do. It was not his job to do all of the things that Jesus could do. Don't try to be the Christ. You are a part of the bridal party. You are not the groom. And while I knew that already, of course, and so did you, somehow it brought me a lot of peace. I'm supposed to grow to be like Christ, to reflect the character of Christ, but God has not expected perfection out of me. God has not empowered me to be everything for everyone in every sphere of influence. This helps with that idea that I have to accomplish so much or be so great or God won't bless me. That is not God's expectation of you. It's like we've said in previous episodes, God is not impressed with your position and probably never will be but he is interested in your direction. The second thing he says is, remind yourself that there is good news. The good news is that the battle has already been fought, the enemy already defeated. The good news came in Jesus and what he was able to do for us and the power that he now possesses and the grace that he puts into your life and the victory that has already been assured. I know that you know that, but I'll tell you this, a lot of our crazy busyness and the anxiety that comes along with it is about taking in all of the bad news in the world and wondering why you haven't fixed it. Things like natural catastrophes and complex humanitarian disasters, people around the world who have not seen the gospel or oppression against minorities. And we're like, we've got to do more. And if you can, and it fits into your life, then do more. But be motivated by the good news, not the bad news. The good news is victory and hope and purpose in Jesus. And there shouldn't be anything desperate or anxiety-filled about that. He's not saying you shouldn't feel compassion and try to help people. Just make sure you're doing so in the spirit of the good news. Number three, care is not the same as do. The sobering truth is you can't do something for everyone. In fact, in your life, God will put people right in front of you, and he'll say, look, do something for them. But like in those categories I mentioned a minute ago, you may have very limited opportunity to make a difference there. Or you would have to abandon important pursuits 
in your present life in order to attend to them. It's okay if you can't do that. But it doesn't mean that we don't care. Care about those in inner cities in poverty. Care about all of those who have no access to the scriptures. Care about those who have no clean water to drink. You can't do everything, but you can love everyone. If we keep that heart of compassion, opportunities will come up. You will be able to fit chances to help into your daily life. And maybe one day, when you're at a different life stage, you can make one of those trips and do those things. It's okay that you can't do everything, but don't forget to keep caring. And number four on his list, I can always pray right now. This is so important to talk about. You know there's only so much you can do anyway. It is limitless what God can do. And yes, often he will do that through you and with you, fitting it into your life to his glory. But when we pray right now for someone who needs it, when we hear of a disaster and we immediately pray, when we take it with compassion to God, your life in that moment does not become any busier or more hectic, but you are inviting God to work. Sometimes pride sneaks in and we try to be everything for everyone when only God can do that. Something that has helped me with pride and a sense of anxiety busyness is more immediately and trustingly going to God in prayer. Number five, we have different gifts and different callings. I hope you receive this point in the right way because it's not an excuse to be lazy. This isn't about Is there anything I can do in my comfort zone? Can I grow in the Lord without having to sacrifice anything? We have this weird extreme concept that if you're not busy, you're lazy. And I don't want to be lazy, so I'm going to go out there and fill my schedule with things, even things I'm not very good at, or I'm not well positioned to do, or I could have easily encouraged someone else and they could have done it much better. God just wants to see that effort. I'm on board with some of that, but not all of it. God isn't measuring up and rewarding your sheer effort, but he has uniquely designed you and placed you to grow as a person and make a difference. You can go out and do the harder thing, the more stressful thing, the thing that doesn't come naturally to you, and I'm sure God will appreciate it. But is it possible that God has already put in you gifts and abilities that come natural to you? Areas that you can explore and widen and grow in that will have great results that you may even feel a little guilty about. I mean, shouldn't this have been harder? Shouldn't it have been more stressful? Or shouldn't I be busier? Doesn't that prove that I'm doing the right thing? Listen, finding your gifts and doing them well and growing in them in the life stage and area that you presently are in ought to be placed very high on your priority list. Don't feel guilty if it comes easy. I, for instance, love to study and I love to preach and I love recording podcasts. I don't, however, enjoy writing. So I've been like, should I labor through next year, be a total grouch at home and write a book? No, I don't think I will. I want to grow in the areas where God has already seeded it well and fertilized the ground. Number six in the list, remember the church. I really love this point. If you're wondering, how can I grow for the Lord, and how can I do more, and Where do I need to go and what will I need to sacrifice and how hard will it be? Just be mindful that sometimes we're looking way out in the field when the answer is right in front of us. The time you invest in your family, when you go to worship the visitors who come through the door, 
the older members going through difficult times, the elders and preacher who need to be encouraged. I'm not telling you to stay inside your comfort zone, but I am telling you that within the already established limits, there are beautiful areas to deepen your influence and create exponential growth. God has established the local church and your place in it for a very important reason. Spend a little time exploring that throughout the rest of this year and see what you can do in his name in 2023. And then lastly, and I'll put all of these in the show notes, Jesus didn't do it all. As we said early in the episode, Jesus left a whole village that was looking to be healed because it was time to move to the next one. Jesus was able to stay focused on what he knew to be urgent, not just what others told him was important. He said yes to things and labored hard for things that honored his purpose. And he also had that enviable ability to say no. If Jesus didn't do it all, you won't either. So as we close this thing out, let me advise you in a couple of simple ways. From two weeks ago, you were asked to make a reverse bucket list so that you can assess what next year should be about. Now you need to make a short list of what matters most to you in the world. Do you think you could list out your top priority and one or two things that fall beneath it? Things that if you explored them and deepened them and grew in them, you know for sure it would be a year well-lived. Then you can go about planning the year in accordance with that. Maybe you say, really investing myself in the local church here is a major point of focus in my life. So now you can go into next year thinking, every month I will select a date to have people over, and I will budget a little bit of money, and I will have every member of the church in my home before the year is out. Oh, I'm sure that'll get a little stressful at times. But you know it's a gift that you have, you know it's important to you, and you know there will be joy in the journey. And look, along the way, a whole lot of other things are going to try to get to the top of that list. So I'm trying something through the end of the year. In my journal, I have a little posteriority list. Things that I do want to do and probably deserve my attention, but they're at the bottom of the list compared to everything else. Sort of a bottom-of-the-barrel frog list. And if I can find time, I'll do them. And if I don't, that's okay. I don't need to overpack my schedule to prove myself to myself or to someone on that list just so my wife can come to me tearfully and tell me that I love everybody else more than her. The truth is the opposite of that is true. So I'm going to stay engaged in the work of the Lord in a way that prioritizes her and all of the things on my list. Do the same thing. Become increasingly optimistic with who you are becoming because you know that you're not Jesus but there are still wonderful things God has planned for you to accomplish. And while there will be occasional stresses and you will be busy, your life will not be overpacked with the unimportant. You will have spaced out time for things that matter like rest and prayer and family. And you've taken that life-changing step of eliminating crazy busy. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creationtorevelation.com. This wonderful company run by Christians provides beautiful illustrations of scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still 
more.